Okay, and I'm going to let you all read the uh, announcements. Uh, before we get started, let me, I do want to make one announcement. Is about our, uh, two announcements, uh, is our marriage night that we're having come up. It's the, I believe it's called the Love on Cloud Nine night, March the 10th from 5 to 8 here at the church. You can click on that QR code and get registered there, and um, we're going to, we're going to have a great time that night. We did this last year, and it was well attended. We had a great time, and so you want to be a part of that, I promise you, and that's on March the 10th, XO Marriage Date Night. We're going to have a meal and everything here. Um, it's $40 per couple, $20 for a single. And then our Faith Van Project, we have $6,900 raised towards our Faith Van Project, so I appreciate everybody's giving towards that. Yes, we got the bumpers now. We're starting, we're starting to get a vehicle. It's starting to look like something. Okay. All right. If you all have your Bibles or if your smartphones or however you want to get there, I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. And if you know me, I'm going to give you a lot more scripture than that. And if you're taking notes on the back of your bulletin, you can do that. Um, and you can write down seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to give you seven uh, benefits of why we need to study Bible prophecy. And um, this, this week I was talking to Will Bowie and, and then Dusty Welty. Hold on, I'm going to have to get a drink of water here. Got a tickle in my throat. <coughs> Is I was talking to Will Bowie and he was just thinking, and, I, and it meant a lot to me and encouraged me. He said, Pastor, I really appreciate you taking the last Sunday of every month and teaching on Bible prophecy, teaching something about the end times or the last days, keeping us informed from the Word of God what's going on in our world and how we need to respond as Christians. And I really appreciated that. And Dusty sent me a text this morning basically saying the same thing. And, but Will and Amanda and their family, he was also letting me know that they had to be gone today. And he said, I hope you share a whole, a whole lot of Holy Spirit chicken nuggets. <laughs> And I was like, man, I've always heard of Holy Spirit nuggets, but not chicken nuggets. Holy Spirit chicken nuggets. So I hope you, I give you a baker's dozen today. So there's more than a dozen. There'll be 13 in there. But I have, <laughs> I have, I have uh, people ask me from time to time what I study. And that was something that Will was asking me. So I figured I would tell you guys just some things. I'm going to give you some tidbits of what I study. And I promise you these are... Um, well-versed theologians, if you want to call them that, uh, that know the Word of God, that are trustworthy, that you can study along with me. And one of them is endtimes.com. That's Pastor Jimmy Evans, uh, Pastor Mark Hitchcock, which is out of Edmond, Oklahoma, and they got a whole lot more on there. But those are the two main guys that uh, share on endtimes.com. And then also another one is Prophecy Watchers, is another one, prophecywatchers.com. That's where Jade and I went to that um, conference last year in October that y'all sent us to for Pastor Appreciation Month and where I learned that as a pastor, I need to be teaching on this. Um, and, and I felt like the Lord gave me a way to do that is teaching on the last Sunday of every month here at our church. Another person that I listen to is actually a Southern Baptist pastor. Believe me, there's some good Baptist people out there, amen, that know the Word of God. And, uh, and we're all going the same place, amen? And his name is Dr. David Jeremiah, and that's in Turning Point Ministries. And so that's where, and then here, I'm going to throw this one at you, because, and I'm going to, uh, but this, all these ministries, endtimes.com, 
prophecy watchers, Dr. David Jeremiah, do you know the, one, the number one person that they reference from the Word of God? It's not just Jesus, okay? Jesus taught on the end times too, but the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, God gave this man. This is, this, is, um, this is something when you really stop and think about this. He was not one of the original 12, but God gave this man the doctrines of the church that we live by today. He downloaded that, that all to him. And uh, he, re- he wrote, a lot, of, a lot of pastors will say that he only wrote 13 epistles, and that that's not, epistles are not an apostle's wife. There's your joke for the day. That's my only joke I got this morning, okay? But that epistle means a letter that that disciple wrote. And so the Apostle Paul, a lot of theologians say he wrote 13. I believe he wrote 14 because I believe he wrote Hebrew, the the book of Hebrews, because a a lot of old texts or ancient texts of the Bible says that Paul penned that. And so... I'm just going to do a real jet tour, and I'm going to promise you, you're going to want to get this on podcast to listen because you're not going to be able to keep up with me because I've got a lot to download this morning. Everybody look at somebody and say, Pastor Mark's got a lot to download. And I want you just to listen, really listen this morning. And I'm just going to do a little jet tour, as my daughter says, you can't say tour, you got to say tour, is through what these letters that Paul wrote to the church. And in fact... Um, something I'm going to tell you all, if you, if you guys, when you're going to study the Word of God, you need to study the letters that Paul wrote to the church. That's what you really need to study, okay? And the, and the four Gospels. Um, but the four Gospels, just they, they talk about Jesus' work and his ministry, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what the Gospels teach, and you need to read those. But then the Apostle Paul had, had this doctrine for the church. And if you go and read, and I'm just going to do real quick through the synopsis of the the uh, letters that he wrote to the church. The book of Romans, it, when you study that, that's the doctrine of salvation. When you study First and Second Corinthians, um, I love this, but this is the Apostle Paul correcting a messed up church. Okay? And a lot of, here's the deal. We're a lot of messed up people. Every church is full of messed up people. Amen. But we need a Messiah, and his name's Jesus. We need a Savior. But so Paul, in those letters, he talked about immorality. He talked about lawsuits. He talked about divisions within the church. He talked about all kinds of stuff. So you need to study First and Second Corinthians. Then you get to Galatians, and that's where the Apostle Paul talked about law and grace. And we're not under law anymore. We're under grace because of what Jesus did. Jesus fulfilled the law for us because we couldn't do it. Uh, the book of Ephesians talks about the Apostle Paul. And when I say the Apostle Paul, it was the Holy Spirit working through the Apostle Paul that penned all this. In Ephesians, he talks about our position in the body of Christ, that we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And he talks about the gifts to the church, the, the, the five-fold ministry gifts to help edify the church and build it up, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Um, in in uh, uh, The next chapter is... Philemon, and that's where he talked about the unity, the, the doctrine of unity. We need unity. Uh, Colossians is where he talked about that Christ is the head of the church and we're the body. Um, uh, Philippians is where he talked, I'm sorry, Philippians is where he talked about unity. And then Philemon is where he talked about brotherly love and forgiveness. Um, First Thessalonians is where he talked about the doctrine of the rapture. 
That's what we're going to look at today, some of that. Second Thessalonians is when he talked about the last days and there's false teachers. And a lot of these different letters, he talked about false teachers in the church. And, uh, and then in uh, First and Second Timothy and Titus is where he's encouraging young pastors. He's, in, he's encouraging Timothy and Titus on how to pastor and shepherd their flocks and even talking to them about false teachers. And so there, thank God for the Apostle Paul. Thank God that he uh, surrendered to the, to the lordship of Jesus Christ. This man had a lot of revelation from the Lord that God downloaded to him, and he downloaded it to us. But here's, here's where I want to say today, and I, I want to talk about th- that about the Apostle Paul. Whenever I grew up in church, I grew up in a Baptist church. The uh, first place I ever shared the gospel was in a Methodist church, and then I went to a Pentecostal church. Now we're a non-denominational church. Here's the deal. We all love Jesus, right? If you love Jesus, we're, we're all going to the same place. And, but when I was in these churches and I would hear about Bible prophecy, this is kind of the, what I would hear. A lot of Christians treat Bible prophecy like the priest and the Levite treated the wounded man in the parable of the Good Samaritan. They pass by it on the other side because they're just like... And, and the reason why, there's a lot of different reasons, but some of the main reasons are, are because people are afraid of it. Here's the deal. God don't want us to be afraid of it. It's there for a reason. It's there for us. So God doesn't want us to fear it. Some people are afraid of it. Some people think it's too difficult to understand. It's not. People make it difficult to understand. You know, some people do. It's not too difficult to understand. And then some people think, well, I'm just too overwhelmed with the present to even think about the future. <laughs> well, this, this helps you live today and into the future as well. A lot, and some people think, well, it's just a waste of time to study Bible prophecy because let's just let it happen. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You know? Well, here's the deal. God wants you to be in the know and so, so that you can be in the know so you can tell others to bring others into the kingdom of God. Amen? Um, I'm going to give you some, some things just real quick here. And I, I don't want to do this to muddy the waters, but I, I want to do this to, to let you know that when you, when you start studying Bible prophecy, you're going to hear a lot of terms that you've probably never heard in church before. And so I'm going to give you some of these terms. When you start studying the doctrine of the rapture of the church, you're going to hear some people where the, these, these so-called theologians, where they, they say it was mid-tribulation or pre-wrath, post-tribulation or pre-tribulation. So you're going to hear those kind of those things being taught. Um, around the second coming of Christ, you're going to hear people talk about pre-millennialism, a millennialism. A little bit, I can't even say that ten dollar bid now to anybody give. I gotta do the auctioneer. So, so the the post millenniums, all those things you hear those those being said, and you're like, God, what what do I believe? What what? How do we break this down? So, I'm gonna tell you on the second coming of Christ. First of all, let's go back to the rapture. We believe what the scripture teaches, and I go with the apostle Paul. Okay. I don't go with anybody else. And here's the deal. When you hear people teach on all these things I just said, if, if you don't know the word, you're going to be saying, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, and that's where false teachers slip into the church because people don't know the word. Okay? And so what we believe is what the apostle Paul taught is pre-tribulation. God does not want his children to go through his wrath. Okay? Pre-tribulation. We believe in pre-millennial. I'm going to say it that way. Pre-millennial, because I can't say the other word. Pre-millennial. And 
that means is Jesus is going to come back and he's going to set up camp on this earth and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years just like Revelation 20 says. That's Because a millennial, they believe this. There's not going to be no thousand years. That's just figurative. And Jesus isn't coming back to the earth. They basically say just one day you're just going to poof. You're just going to be in the kingdom of God. No. I'm just kind of giving the gist as you go down these, these, these roads on these teachings. Post-millennial, they don't think there's no millennium or no tribulation. They think that the current age is the millennium, even though it's just a figurative speech. It's not really a thousand years. And that, listen to this, and this is post-millennial and amillennial that believe this. Man's ultimate progress, man's, what, we're gonna, what mankind is going to eventually do, we're eventually going to progress and evolve and find solutions to the world's problems, and then Jesus will come back. That's never going to happen. The Apostle Paul never taught that, that you can't find this in the Word of God. So as a church, what we teach here is according to the Word of God, when we read the doctrines of the Apostle Paul, the doctrines of the church, and we read the book of Revelation, which was given to the Apostle John, we believe in pre-trib and pre-millennium. That, G, that the second coming of Christ, he's actually going to come and set up camp on this earth, and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years before that thousand years begins. Okay? All right. The other, the other book that, that the Apostle Paul wrote was Hebrews. I believe he wrote that. And that just ba- basically that whole book talks about Christ is better than Judaism. Okay? Because there's a false teaching going through the body of Christ. I, I've experienced it that you've got to become a Jew to know, really, really know Jesus. There's a deal. You can underst- we can study and understand the feasts and the Jewish things that they did, but here's the deal. That all points to Jesus. Amen? All right. Uh, I was around, I'm just going to say this. I was around somebody that was really down, going down those Jewish roots and all that kind of stuff, and what it, what it does is what I noticed, this per- what it was doing this person, it was puffing them up. Like, I've got this all figured out, and you don't. You're a peon because you don't believe what I believe. And guys, that's not of God. Yeah. Knowledge is not supposed to puff us up. And, uh, and that's why the Apostle Paul said, you know, if anybody could have been puffed up, it was the Apostle Paul. And he, and he basically said, I'm the chief of sinners. Paul kept himself humbled underneath all these revelations that the Lord uh, gave him. Another thing, that, and I'm not trying to muddy the waters with this, because what I'm trying to do is tell you things that you can hear when you start studying Bible prophecy, that's false. Here's another one. A, par- a partial rapture. You'll have some teachers that teach that there's going to be a partial rapture. That only the very best people will go. Well, I want to be a best people, right? I want to go, right? And, and they say, well, you know, only the very best are going to be able to go. Um, only the best people are going to be able to go. Here's the deal. If the thief on the cross got to go with Jesus into paradise... If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to get to go. Because here, here's the deal. To believe that, you have to alter the dispensation of grace is which we're under to exclude those that are saved by grace. Because so, what happens is to start believing in a partial rapture, you're throwing in, it's because of your works that you're going to make it to happen. Yeah, your works prove that you're saved. Yes, yeah, we got a faith you know, without works is dead. But here's the deal. You're not saved by works. You're saved by Jesus Christ, what he did at the cross for you. That's how you're saved. And here's another thing. Righteousness is not given in multi-levels. 
that crown of righteousness, my crown that I have on today because of what Jesus did for me and what he did at the cross is the same crown that that criminal that hung on the cross with Jesus had on too. Even though he, did, he just served Jesus just a moment before he passed away, and I've been living for, you know, since I was 23 when I really surrendered to Christ is when I really got saved is what I believe. That doesn't make me more righteous than that criminal is what I'm trying to say. All right? So in, and a lot of times in church circles, we try to put levels on it. There's no levels. There's no levels. Righteousness is not given in multi-levels. Either the, like what I said earlier, either the light is on or it's off. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. There's no, there's no middle ground. This is like what Pastor Craig uh, preached on last Sunday. Um, the rapture is going to be for those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and you have a relationship with him and he knows you and you're going to be raptured. And I can't wait for that. Bible prophecy, um, there's so much about Bible prophecy and I'm going to give you these seven here in just a second. Uh, this is a long introduction today. Uh, can you tell? I, I geek out on this stuff. I promise. I cannot wait till the last Sunday of every month so I can teach you guys this. But what Bible prophecy does, and I'm going to give you the seven here in a little bit, but these are some more to add to it because there's a lot that Bible prophecy does. But Bible prophecy gives unbelievers evidence of Christ. That's what Bible prophecy does. I'm going to show you that here in a little bit. Bible prophecy is a warning to unbelievers that you better make sure your light's on. You better make sure you're ready to go. You better be watching, okay? Makes you want to live right, right living for God today. Um, Bible prophecy gives believers a special discernment and understanding of the times. All right? We ought to know, you know, there's things going on in Russia, in Iran, Right now, the stage is being set for Ezekiel 38 and 39, if you know the word of God, to come to pass, which is the Gog and Magog war. And that's like right there with the rapture of the church. It's all right there together. I don't know. I don't set dates, but it's all right there together. It's happening right now. When you turn on the news, that was prophesied in the Bible. Okay? All right. Bible, um, somebody was telling me this morning, Pastor Mark, what did you think about the... Uh, um, you know, AT&T being down this week. You think it's Russia bombing our... Could be. Could be. You know, they come out and say it was human error. We don't know. You don't know and I don't know what's really going on. He does. And he's sovereign and in control. But I can tell... Yeah, we got to be ready. But I, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to put this as fear. But guys, we're living in a day and hour in that a war could break out just like that. And, um, and they can shut down this country within 30 minutes. We wouldn't even know what to do. If they took out cell phones and they took out our power grid, we wouldn't know what to do. All right? And I believe that God has positioned all of us in Oklahoma. This is the land of Goshen. I believe that. There's people moving here from both coasts, in the, and they're moving in into the center because farm ground, we know how to. I'm, country boy can survive. Amen. I'm hearing that song right now, right? I'm telling you, that's the day and the and I don't say that to scare anybody, but that's the day and the hour that we need to, that we're living in, and we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. Um, and the Bible talks about these things. Um, Bible prophecy. When you start studying it, it'll give you mental satisfaction. <laughs> you might be saying, "Well, Pastor Mark, you're scaring me this morning." No, this then you're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. 
that this is this makes you prepared. This makes you ready. It gets you mentally prepared for what's about to come. A lot of people, the first thing that they open up in a in a newspaper is they want to go to the horoscope. There's even a lot of Christians that go to the horoscope. Guys, you need to be looking to who made the stars. He's the one that's really guiding your life. The stars aren't guiding your life. All right, a lot of. A lot of teaching, and I'm going to say this, a lot of teaching in the body of Christ today is pretty much just uh, celebrity pastors and pop psychology. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's not a whole lot of word to it. Not a whole lot of word. And uh, people need, you're, you're going to need the word to survive. You don't, you're not going to need pop psychology and self-help. You're going to need the word of God to survive in these last days. Bible prophecy gives us peace. Bible prophecy gives us comfort. One of the things I end every sur- or memorial service, a funeral service I do, is when I'm standing over a graveside, and I did this at my Aunt Linda's, is um, I share with the family the doctrine of the rapture and the, and the doctrine of the resurrection. That's Bible prophecy right there. That's what our hope and our, our, my, what my anchor is in, is the rapture and the resurrection. If, if I didn't, if I didn't, I'm just going to say that, if I, this, if I didn't know the, about the rapture and the resurrection, I'd be going crazy right now because that's how much peace that brings me in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in the world. The Bible prophecy, and I've already said this a little bit, gives us a watchful attitude, which just means you're ready, you're prepared, you're staying prepared, you're living right before God, and, um, so why study, I'm going to go ahead and give you, and I gave it to you earlier uh, during the altar ministry time. Why study Bible prophecy? And I'm going to give you one word, and that word is reward. That is, that's the, the word for today, reward. When you study Bible prophecy, there's a, in Romans 10 and 11, the Apostle Paul talks about the body of Christ and the nation of Israel. Those are the two things you want to focus on. The body of Christ, the big C, the big church, and the nation of Israel. I've said this here before. If I was an unbeliever and just watching the news today and everything is centered around a little bitty piece of land the size of New Jersey called Israel, everything in our, in our world revolves around that, I would, be able to, I, I would sit there and say, there is a God. And it is the God of Israel. It's the God of Abraham, Jake, Isaac, and Jacob. The Apostle Paul, and then here's, I'm going to tell you this, too, about the Apostle Paul before we get into the seven benefits. Because you're going to hear teaching of that, and the church is going to get brighter, and we are going to reach people with the gospel. But the deal is, the Apostle Paul, when you get into these doctrines, and what I'm talking about, Bible prophecy today, the church... What's going to happen in these last days, and the Apostle Paul said this, the church is going to end up being the enemy in the last days due to chaos, due to wokeism, and due to false teaching. And we're already seeing it. If you stand up for the truth, you're called a hater. And you're really doing it in a spirit of love. No, I'm standing on the truth because I love you, and the, but then you're called a hater. That's coming to pass. We're living in that day right now. That has started right now Um, and it's just going to and here's the deal it's going to get more perilous the church is not going to take over the world that's a false teaching okay we're here for a season God there's a reason why God has the church here and that's we're the ark of God we're we're like Noah's ark we're bringing people in 
so that when the rapture happens, we're, we escape the, the judgment that's to come, okay? So, but the church is not going, we're not going to take over the world. Now, we're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and he that hears, hears, and he, he that surrenders, surrenders. All, all our job is is to share the good news and let them make the choice. The church is not going to make the world a better place to live in. And it, you might be saying, man, that's not every, anything. I, we're, we're here, and yes, we're, we're to be salt and light, but we're not going to take over the world and make this a better place. This world is a fallen world. It's fallen. The church is not going to raise up a great ruler to rule over the world and make everything wonderful. And that's why a lot of, listen, folks, that's why a lot of the church are going to fall for the Antichrist. Because they don't know the real Christ, which is Jesus, and they don't know the word. He's going to come on the scene, and they're going to think, man, this guy's got it all figured out. You know? And the Bible says that he can deceive the very elect. And that's why you've got to know the word. Okay. Here's 2 Timothy chapter 4. I told you to turn to him. I'm going to give you these seven benefits of Bible prophecy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4 this is the Apostle Paul talking to Pastor Timothy in his day. And he said, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And this is happening in a lot of churches today. Okay. Here's number one. Prophecy plays a leading role in the New Testament. Of the 216 chapters in the New Testament, there are 318 references to the second coming of Christ. For every prophecy about the birth of Jesus, there are about, there are about eight for his second coming. He came the first time, and the, the Lord's trying to tell us, and I'm coming again. I'm coming again. Don't let, and the, the Apostle Paul said in the last days, people are going to scoff at the second coming. He's not coming back. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. You're going to hear that a lot, and you're even going to hear it in the church. I even had one pastor tell me, I'm not, even gonna, I'm not teaching on the end times. I'm not even going to do it. You know, I'm like, man, then, then you're robbing your flock from understanding the word of God. And you'll, you're going to have to stand before the Lord for that. One out of 30 scripture verses in the New Testament are prophecy. 23 out of the 27 New Testament books mention prophecy. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. Jesus said in verses 54 through 56, he says, He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And he's like, I'm here. And you, you don't even know I'm here. I'm here. First Chronicles 12, verse 32 says of Issachar, I've shared this scripture with you many times, of Issachar, men who had understanding, this is what I prayed over all of us this morning, God, give us a spirit of understanding and wisdom of the times that we live in to know what Israel ought to do so that you'll know what you need to do for you and your family. 
and what we need to do as a church family. Number two is prophecy proves the integrity of Scripture. The Bible says that everything in this world is going to pass away but His Word. His Word is going to stand the test of time. 1 Peter 1, verses 10 through 12 says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstance to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Now listen to this. Even angels long to look into these things. Angels are just blown away at God's love for mankind because God created us with a free will to worship him. When you study, when you go through Bible prophecy, and I'm going to show you this, Bible prophecy about Jesus. Jesus, it tells us Jesus was a descendant of Abraham and the tribe of Judah. That's in Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 49. I give you the scriptures and I'll send this to anybody that wants to have these scriptures. I'm just giving you a few of them. Jesus came from David's family line, King David, Isaiah 9 verse 7. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Micah 5 2. I mean, Christmas is just full of biblical prophecy. When the, the, the first coming of Jesus, Jesus' birth. Number four, Jesus' name was Emmanuel, which means God with us. He was born of a virgin. That's in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It also tells us, Bible prophecy tells us, Jesus based his ministry in Galilee, spoke in parables, and did wonders among the people. Isaiah told us that, the, the prophet Isaiah. Jesus was betrayed, pierced for our sins, and crucified with criminals. Zechariah tells us that, and Isaiah tells us that. This was all before he ever came, hundreds of years before he came. Uh, and then number seven there, it says, after his burial in a wealthy man's tomb, he rose again. Isaiah 53 tells us that. All those Bible prophecies there, they're called messianic prophecies about the Messiah, that he came. That's the integrity of Scripture. It happened. Scripture is going to happen just like God wrote it. Here's some other ones I'm just going to throw at you because there's other stuff in there besides the messianic prophecies. The city of Tyre fell. Ezekiel 26 prophesied that. After Alexander the Great's death, his generals divided the kingdom into four parts. Daniel chapter 11. The prophet Daniel saw that, wrote about it. He also wrote about the time that we're living in right now. That was, and it was over 2,500 years ago. I was, the other day I was, when I was studying this, I was like, God, why did you tell Daniel? Why, did you, why didn't you tell the apostle Paul? And I, cause, and I just, I have this relationship with the Lord where we just talk to one another like that and God will tell me something and it makes me laugh. And he said, well, Mark, don't you think it's more believable if Daniel said it? Because that's a long time ago. And I just said, okay, I'll shut up. All right, I'll just keep studying Daniel myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, ex that's how I fe felt the Holy Spirit speak that to me when I asked that question. And it uh, gives me Holy Ghost goosebumps right now. He's like, Mark, just, just read it, study it, you know, and shuddy. You, could, you know, I wrote it, not you. All right, I know what I'm doing. The, the Roman Empire became a world power known for its iron legions. Daniel prophesied that. Uh, and so, and then there's a, I'm going to just throw this one out, Ezekiel 38 and 39, I've already referenced that, but it talks about the Gog and Magog war, but that Gog and Magog is referencing what's happening right now over in the Middle East. All right. Prophecy, everybody learning something today? 
Aren't you glad you came to church today? This is why you study Bible prophecy. This is why we need to hear the truth. Number three, prophecy protects us from false teaching. If you know the word, you're going to be protected from false teaching. You're going to be able to pick up on when somebody, mm, they don't, mm, no. And it's not that you, you know, they may know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they just may be severely wrong about what they're teaching, okay? I don't want to throw, it's just the, like when I started off talking about, here's the deal. If the bottom line is, is do you know Jesus? Because I'm not going to get in arguments and debates over people that don't believe the way I do. But if you know Jesus, then okay, we're going to all get to heaven and we'll sort this all out in heaven. But right now, we're not, I'm not going to have fights with you. Just, you know, and that's what a lot of people do. They get in fights and then that's what turns people off. And they're just like, well, forget it. You know, I'm not, we can't even study Bible prophecy because everybody's fighting about it. And here's, and this is the reason why the family of God on a Sunday morning is the most divided family on the planet. We are the most dysfunctional bunch around. We're the, we're like first and second Corinthians. We're all messed up, right? We are. We really are. And, and, and if we could just unite under Jesus and the word, Amen. Amen. And I don't have it all figured out. I'm still learning and growing. And uh, I feel like I'm right. <laughs> but, but guys, I, I'm not going to... The, the main thing, it, we're going to keep the main thing and the main thing that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That's the main thing. And then I'm not going to fight over all the other stuff. So prophecy protects us from false teaching. So we've got to know the word. Because Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24 when he was talking about the last days. He said, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. And he repeats this in Mark chapter 13. The gospel, the gospel writers, Mark and Luke, they repeated that in Mark chapter 13 and Luke chapter 21. And any time something's repeated in the gospels, it means you need to pay attention to it. You need to listen to it. John 16, verse 1, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble or fall away. Something the Apostle Paul told us is that there's going to be a great falling away in the last days. Did you know that's already happening? It's already happening. One of the things that we've seen happen that I didn't think I'd ever see in my lifetime is uh, the Methodist church split. If John Wesley was here now, he, oh my gosh, there's no telling what he would do. John Wesley was, was the founder of the, the Methodist church. And I can remember talking to a dear friend of mine that's a Methodist pastor. I've got a couple of them. And, um, and they would go to their national conferences and they would get into debates over the word of God, what is truth and what's not. And um, <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, wow. And now the church is divided over those things totally divided and they need it's like first and second corinthians they're they're in division number four is prophecy protects us from satan's attacks if you know the word you're going to be protected and everybody said it's not meaning that you're not going to get attacked but you know how to stand the bible says that we live in a fallen world john said first john chapter five verse four says what overcomes the world is our faith god wants you to be strong in your faith when the enemy comes against you 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 reveals his scheme to spread apostasy in the last days, what I just talked about, because they did not receive the love of the truth 
that they might be saved. And because they didn't because they didn't receive the love of the truth that they might be saved, the Bible says what that opened them up to was strong delusion. When you read some translations, it says, well, God made them uh, have the, the strong delusion. God didn't do it. They opened themselves up to it. And it was a loud, strong delusion. And there's a lot of delusional people today thinking that a man is a woman and a woman is a man. That's delusional. It's delusional. Second th- and, and here's the deal. And we're being made as Christians to tolerate that, to accept that, and if we, if we come against it in any way, shape, or form, we're a hater. Yes. Over male and female. Guys, if you would have told me, I'm, I'm, just, I'm looking over here at Mark Ward when we graduated in 1987. And they said, Mark, you know what? In, 19, in, in 2024, you're going to be standing out here on this little acreage out here. And you're going to be telling people if they're a male or a female. I would, in 1987, I would have said, you're, you, you, there is no way on this earth and now it's a political issue that's how strong the delusion is and deception is in this nation right now that's why we need the word of God that's why the the church has got to rise up we got to be the church we got to be the church and we got to speak the truth but you're going to be hated for it and you know what Jesus said if they if you're hated join the crowd and I got a crown for you for standing up for my name and standing up for the truth all right, Second Thessalonians 2, verse 15, it says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. And there it is again. It's not the, the apostle's wife. That's his letter, okay? And, uh, and I'm, I encourage you to study the letters that Paul wrote to the church. Here's number five. Prophecy prepares us for the last days. Prophecy prepares us for the last days. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4 says, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. God, we're not going to be surprised by it as his children. All right? And I'm, I'm telling you guys, and I'm not the only one heralding this, but I'm hearing it from all the, the, the prophetic people that I listen to. Jesus is coming back very soon. And it's, it's, it's very soon. And I cannot stress that enough. If you was here last Sunday, you heard Pastor Craig preach a message. And when I was sitting out there, I was just like, Lord, I, you know, I've heard a lot of evangelistic messages, but this one is, there's just an anointing on it of like, you bet, it, this, is, this is the day to get right. You don't, it's not putting it off until you're, in, you're on your deathbed. Today is the day of salvation. John 16, verse 4, But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. So you want to store up these words in your heart, so that when things come against you, the word's there to give you strength in what you're facing here in these last days. Number six, prophecy provides practical guidance for everyday living. And, and I'm not saying this, that um, I was talking to somebody about, you know, God gave Joseph the way to survive during a famine. Um, you know, I just want to encourage you, you, you might want to learn how to grow your own garden, you know. And the reason why is because the price of food is ridiculous right now. And that's only going to go up. First John 3, verses 2 through 3 says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself 
as he is pure. So when you're, when you're watching for Jesus to come, it helps you live pure today. If you have that before you, that I want to live right before God. And if something happens and, and, and you make a mistake or you sin, you fall, you're quick to repent. Because i I got to get right back in good graces with God. i got to get right with God. Amen? Revelation 2, verse 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So God saying, and he says this. This appears seven times in the opening chapters of Revelation. God wants us to hear the Word of God because that's where faith comes from. And that's what we're going to need in these last days, to live by faith. Bible prophecy is to drive evangelism and righteous living. Bible prophecy is to elevate our perspective, our position in Christ, and energize our walk with the Lord. I was watching Fox News the other day, and they're talking about all this stuff over in the Middle East and Iran and Russia and all this stuff that's going on. And I was elevated, even though that when you watch that, without Bible prophecy, that would scare you. But with Bible prophecy, that don't scare me. That just tells me Jesus is about to come back. And I'm ready. I'm ready. And, uh, and I want everybody under the sound of my voice to be ready or who are around me to be ready. And so what it does is Bible prophecy elevates our perspective, our, what our position is in Christ, and it energizes my walk with the Lord. Okay, here's the last one. Everybody, everybody learned something today? Here's number seven. Prophecy promises spiritual blessings. Revelation, I want you to get this. Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises a prize to its reader, a blessing. Here's something that, I, that I've thought about. A lie from the pit of hell is to tell people, don't ever read that book because that book will scare you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because my Bible says, Revelation says, that whoever reads it is going to receive a blessing because they're, they're going to know how it all ends. And they're going to know who Jesus is from all that. So I'm, I'm like, somebody gets saved. Maybe they shouldn't read the book of John. Maybe we just, here's Revelation. Read Revelation. And here's the deal. With most pastors, every pastor would tell you, no, no, don't do that. Don't. Well, the Bible says if they read it, they're going to receive a blessing. You see how the enemy has tricked us right there, even with that. Revelation 1, verse 3. Revelation 1, verse 3, because he don't want you to know how it ends. He's already defeated, by the way. That happened at the cross, but he's going to receive the lake of fire in Revelation. Revelation 1, verse 3, and the Bible says this. If you had not read the book of Revelation, the Bible says that not even Jesus or God himself throws him in the fire. It's an angel that does it. And it says also that everybody that's standing around seeing it happen, which is going to be us, we're going to go, that's who bothered us? That's, you need to read it. I'm paraphrasing it. I'm putting it in redneck. I'm going to write a redneck Bible one of these days, redneck translation, <laughs> R-N-T. I've already said that. My, my mom told me, she said, Mark, you need to do that. And, um, but anyway, Revelation 22, verse 7 says, And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So it begins with that in Revelation 1, and it ends with that in Revelation chapter 22. And I encourage you to go home and read all 22 chapters of the book of Revelation. Read it. And let the Holy Spirit speak. You're going to see a lot of uh, terms, and, and, and there are some things that can kind of sound a little scary, but they're not. All right? 
Jay, I was talking to Jada this week. We were talking about it, and she's like, you know, the first time I read it, and I heard, and I read about the ten horns, and I was like, what in the world is that coming up out of the sea? You know, you know. Um, if you need help with it, I'll help you with it, okay? Because um, I'm still learning and growing too. But it's there for our, and the Bible says when we read it and we hear it, it brings a spiritual blessing because we know what's going on and who wins. Isaiah 46, verse 10 says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God knows what the beginning from the end is what I'm trying to tell you there. It's, he's in control. Even when you, when, I hope you're not believing just everything you, you see on the news, hook, line, and sinker, right? We're living also in a time where AI, artificial intelligence, is being, and they're going to try to use that. There's a lot of good things that it can be used for, but I can also see how the enemy is going to use that to get us to believe a lie yeah. and deceive people. Yeah. In fact, when we were at this conference, they had a deal where it showed... Um, <laughs> And I think this this prophecy teacher, it, he kind of made light of it, made fun with it, but it, it was showing, and I'm going to say it, and this is going to go all on the air, but it showed showed Trump beating up Biden, okay? And, that, and he did this with AI, all right? And when he showed the video of it, guys, it looked absolutely real. And then it showed cops showing up and taking Trump and hauling him off to jail, hauling him off to prison. And when they showed it, everybody was sitting out here, you know, and, and, of course, I'd already seen what the title of this teaching was, was AI. I was like, this is AI, this is AI. And then he comes up there and says, this is AI. And, guys, it looked real. And, and the reason why I'm saying that today is this, is there's a lot of people that watch the news and they believe it, hook, line, and sinker. You can't believe everything you see on the news, especially in this day that we're in now with AI coming on the scene because they can, they can create any kind of narrative that they want. He's the one that's got the true narrative. So that's who you need to be listening to. Prophecy helps us face the future with confidence. This is why we should study Bible prophecy. When you read the book of Revelation, you find out we win. Now, here's the bottom line. These are my last few scriptures I'm going to give you today. Revelation 19.10 says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everything should point to Jesus. It shouldn't point to a man's knowledge of the scripture, like I got it all figured out. No, anything that when we when we do this every Sunday, I'm always going to take Bible prophecy and show you Jesus, because that's the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Studying and knowing Bible prophecy gives you a love and a longing to see the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, when I said earlier about astrology and horoscopes, and there's even a lot of Christians that go to that, I'm going to tell you something. The zodiac, if, if you take the zodiac and you really study that out, the signs of the start, they all point to Jesus. They all point to Jesus. Everything around us is pointing to Jesus. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8 says, Henceforth, there is laid up for... This is why I'm teaching you guys this today, okay? is because every one of us in this room... Today are going to stand before God. And every knee in here is going to bow and every tongue confess that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And guys, I want you to come up to me in heaven and say, Pastor, I am so thankful that you taught on this because when you taught on this, it made me want to, it gave me a longing and a love for the appearing of Jesus Christ. 
And because I was longing and loving for his appearing, I got a crown of righteousness. And it was because you taught me the truth. I'm just going to say it. Everyone, I want every one of you in here to have that crown. And, of course, we're all going to realize real quick when he, when he appears and he, we have that crown. It's his crown because he gave it to us. And we're going to throw it at his feet. So henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's why the Apostle Paul had that doctrine and he, we're, we're learning from him. I got this crown of righteousness because the Apostle Paul taught me that I am righteous in Christ Jesus. So one of these days I'm going to see the Apostle Paul in heaven I'm going to go up to him and say, Thank you, Apostle Paul, for all that you went through to bring us the gospel. little side note, it's 11.59. I'm thinking about the nursery and the children's workers back there, okay? As a pastor, I always think about that. But there's five crowns in Scripture. There's a crown of life. There's an incorruptible crown, a crown of righteousness, what we just learned about, a crown of glory, and a crown of rejoicing. And every one of them, if you receive one of those crowns, those are the rewards from heaven, you receive one of those crowns, the reason why you have that crown is because of nothing you have ever done in life. It was because of him. And when you have those crowns, you're just going to throw him at his feet. Daniel chapter 12, and I close with this today. Daniel chapter 12, and one of these days I'm going to do a whole teaching on the book of Daniel. Did I geek out on you guys today with Bible prophecy, by the way? I hope you all have learned something today, and I hope this has made you long for his appearing. That's what I've been praying that this would make you long and love to see Christ appearing. But in Daniel chapter 12, when Daniel was asking the angel that revealed all these things to him about these last days that we're living in right now, Daniel was saying, when are these things going to be? And, the, and the, the angel told him, shut up the book because it'll start revealing itself in due time. Well, it's revealing itself right now. And, and what the, the angel told him to do, and this is what I believe that God is telling us to do, number one, protect the prophecy. That was the first thing he told Daniel. Protect this prophecy. You need to protect this prophecy by sharing it with other people. People in your circles of influence are, are different than mine. You've got friends. You have family. You need to share this stuff with them. When, they, when they're getting afraid about what's happening on the news, you need to share Bible prophecy with them. This is all in the Word of God. Lead them to Jesus. So protect the prophecy. Number two, I'm going to tell you this. Proceed with life. Okay, uh, don't pack your bags. Okay, and here's the deal: God gave you this life; He wants you to enjoy it. He wants us to have fun here. He created this whole world for us. Okay, so He wants you to enjoy life and have fun. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your grandkids. I'm enjoying my grandkids right now. I'm in the the poppy life right now, and I'm I'm having a blast. And then the third thing is, is prepare for the future. And when I say prepare for the future, and I know I talked about some different things, I'm not saying that God's not going to tell us, like he did Joseph, that you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to plant a garden and you need to all these things. Uh, the prepare for the future is make, what I'm saying is make sure your family, your immediate circle, knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because I've already declared over my family, there is nobody in my fa our family circle is not going to be broken. Amen? And so, even though I know everybody has a choice, that you need to pray that over your family. And you need to be the salt and light in your family.
All right, I want everybody to bow your heads in here this morning. So protect the prophecy, proceed with life, have fun, enjoy life, and prepare for the future. And I just want to make sure that everyone in here today is prepared and that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I do this every Sunday, and it's just that I want to lead you uh, in what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Romans. He said you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the Messiah. He's your Savior. And so I want to lead you in this prayer. And if you've never done this, um, I want you to repeat this prayer to me. And even if you are saved and you know Jesus, I, don't, I want you to repeat this prayer with him. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me. And rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. And create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want everybody to stand up in here today. I want you to join hands with your uh, family member there. Jada, will you come up here? And I want to speak this blessing over you. If that's the first time you prayed that prayer, your next step of obedience is to follow the Lord in water baptism. And I do not mind doing that next Sunday at all for anybody, but we're also um, uh, having water baptisms on Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday this year is on March the 31st. So, all right, I'm going to speak this blessing over you guys. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May be blessed in your health. May be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.